Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello. Welcome, you beautiful bells. You charming Charles. You delightful dapper Dans. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving week. I hope that this podcast finds everybody well, uh, surrounded by the people you love, and taking this opportunity to celebrate gratitude. I know it's a bit of a complex holiday with the history of colonization and... Yeah, just the subjugation and stealing of land from indigenous people. So take a moment just to honor the legacy of brutality that got us here in America. Just take a deep breath, do your history, read, do some homework, uh, and know the true history of this holiday, and do what you can to pay BIPOC individuals for their work, their wisdoms, and I was talking with a friend and I think any any excuse we have to practice gratitude is a good one. You could go back and listen to the gratitude podcast. Just another opportunity to practice gratitude and reverence and be honest with, with ourselves about the history of this country. So I hope you have a beautiful Thanksgiving. I am so excited for this podcast today. It is my first interview. <clears throat> I had my friend Adria Badignani on here. Uh, we had a delightful conversation and just the unfurling creative process of this podcast. Adria is a poet, a priestess, I believe in the Celtic lineage, which is a large umbrella term for practices that came out of Ireland and Europe, uh, maybe some Gaelic in there, but I think primarily Celtic. Adria is first and foremost a mother. It's been so delightful to be Adria's friend through the process of uh, creating a child, tending to a child. And uh, Adria is a creative guide and a huge force behind this podcast. Uh, Adria consulted me, and Adria was really the first person to prompt me into pursuing this. We were having a conversation one night, and Adria said, you should record these conversations, and you should record your thoughts in the form of a podcast and get it out there and share it with people. So here we are. Uh, Adria is a writer, translator of German poetry, a creative consultant, um, 
and just, I mean, I think creativity and spirituality and thoughtfulness and curation are some words that come to mind when I think about my friend and ceremony, ritual, laughter, play. Uh, Adria has worked in film and television, uh, theater. We met at a yoga retreat many, many years ago and became fast friends and have stayed in touch through all the wisps and whirls of life. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to have a friend like this to share this conversation with you. I've learned so much from Adria about the seasons and transitioning through the wheel of the year, um, about Samhain, Samhain, and some of the some of the rituals that came out of Europe, some of the lineages, and I'm so excited to share this conversation. This conversation is about the spiritual practice. I mean, it's about a lot of things, but one thing, and what we're trying to do is uh. Have a conversation about the spiritual practice of tending to the home and Adria is working on an upcoming book called cleaning for clarity it's a book of poetry you can check out Adria's work at artandchannel.com a-r-t-a-n-d-c-h-a-n-n-e-l.com lots of offerings there poetry um, alchemy some essential oils and check out Adria's events and maybe help yourself channel the flow through meditation, ritual, and creativity. So yeah, check out Adria Art and Channel and once again, so grateful for you, my listeners. If you feel like supporting, patreon.com, www.patreon.com forward slash turning of the bones. I'm just going to jump into it without too much more. Here's the the conversation that Adrian and I had, and hope you had a th- great Thanksgiving. Be well. Good evening. Your call is being recorded. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that the the voice is like just a really average Brad from somewhere. I know. At first, I was like, "Is that your assistant?" <laughs> <laughs> I wish. He sounds so basic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have a basic-ass assistant once I get one. That's a goal. Yeah, just reliable. Milk toast, milk toast reliable. Milk toast reliable, but knows all of my unique tastes. That's right. No indigestion happening there. Just, Just like oatmeal. It's like a bowl of oatmeal. Yeah, very... human form. That's what I need. Oatmeal in human form. Stable, reliable, consistent. Mm. Mm. A little mushy from time to time. Oh, yeah. 
probably not the best lover, but you know. <laughs> okay, I don't want to mix. I don't want to mix that part of my work life. It's just straight That's assistant. Right. That's right. How are you, my friend? I, I am. What is that question? Like, what is that? I'm doing well. I'm well. Here I am. I'm breathing today. I woke up breathing. So I was like, okay, this is definitely a step in the direction that I want to go. Breathing. Breathing. Um, Presumably breathed breath through the night. Presumably that's in part how I got here to another day and I am digesting food and dinner, I just had dinner, I'm, you know, always digesting experiences, actually my digestion is, um, there's like some inquiry around that because like my stomach and my skin are like really strong. So it's got some good fire going in that direction. But my gallbladder is something's up with the gallbladder. And so in some ways it's like a reflection of like, well, the gallbladder digests lipids and fats and things. And so it's like, Ooh, maybe, maybe I've gotten a little bit, um, bogged down by the richness of life, <laughs> the richness of the experience of of living. Um, not to say that that is what it, my diet is, but um, actually, the question is more around: is what uh, is what is maybe presenting in my abdomen related to just the massive rearrangement I experienced having been pregnant and given birth and like maybe some things didn't go back in the right place. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe something. Yeah. So I, I mean, this totally correlates with all of the patterns that are showing up around like clearing out debris and resetting foundations and, um, just like kind of like a supercharged clearing and this like cleaning for clarity and cleaning the house and just, yeah, removing any of the slog because there's this sense of like, hmm, yeah, I need, I need, I need access to all rooms of the house. If there are any boxes or toys or debris standing in the way, I need to remove those obstructions because things are, things are, I feel like going to pick up pretty quickly in the new year. And so I need to have a clear, clear path to move forward. And it sounds like a a bit of a philanthropic endeavor so that people don't get hit by the debris. (laughs) <laughs> like once, once the energy picks up, it's not a uh, a Dorothy in Kansas kind of situation where, you know, houses may land on people, toys may impale toddlers. We don't want any of that, for sure. 
And let me tell you a story. I don't want it to be a repeat of the one and only time I went downhill skiing, which was probably in like 2004 or 2005. And up to that point, I had only, I'd only done cross country skiing. So like Nordic style. And this was in Michigan. So it wasn't like I went to Colorado and I was just like skiing down crazy black diamonds, but I took a a lesson with a bunch of little kids and I was not able to get to the ski lift because I was trying to maneuver on these downhill skis like I did in my cross country skis. And I was just like going in place basically. So first, the challenge was like just figuring out how to even take inches forward to get to the ski lift. So I took a lesson, (laughs) figured out how to maneuver, and then I went up on the ski lift, and I get deposited at the top of this, I won't even call it a mountain, It's, it's just a very large hill. And so there's at that point only one way to get down, which is to ski it down. And so I'm like, this is great. I just took a lesson. Um, I'm going to go for it. And as I'm going down the hill, I realized I didn't learn how to turn or to stop. So I was just flying down the hill, mm-hmm. like just gaining speed and the only thing I could do at that point was just yell at the top of my lungs, everyone watch out, get out of my way. I can't stop. (laughs) And I did. In fact, unfortunately I, I took a guy out like a large man. Um, I mean, he was fine. I, I could, I looked back, he was fine. He was bewildered. I had a headache for like three days. But, like, I literally was just like, everyone watch out. I can't stop. So I don't want it to turn into Adria Skis, a Michigan Hill situation. I I would like, you know, to give the, the clear and fair birth. And I mean birth in the B-E-R-T-H way. Just like, mm. or do I? I it's, all, it's all sorts of birth. But just, like, Give me some fucking clarity and some clearing and some space, and let's blaze let's blaze a trail forward. Let's discern what we take out in the process, <laughs> what we what we decide to sacrifice to the snow bunny gods. So this this podcast will be in in reverence of the snow bunny gods. In reverence of, yes. The lives that were saved that day, the lives that were spared. (laughs) By just the sheer velocity of my naivete. How are you doing? You know, I'm well. I'm excited to try this first uh, interview-style podcast. Using this delightful call recording app, I yeah, I'm feeling really wonderful today, and uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like I'll, I'll give it a shot. It 
feels like something is coalesced inside of my being that I've been waiting, that has been kind of like, been kind of spread out in pieces. I've been turning over a lot of rocks, as uh, you know, over the last few years, Mm -hmm. sorting through the pile of debris of human experience. And uh, I woke up today and I just, I don't know, I felt like there was like a marching band with me. I felt like I had all this energy and momentum and kind of, maybe in in alignment with the the metaphors we have going right now like the path it, the path felt really clear today mm. and there wasn't almost any debris so it was it was pretty nice i felt a lot of creative flow i recorded a podcast i did some work on editing it and i kind of feel like i just graduated from high school which which is like exciting and confusing like uh not sure uh which pieces of of my former life will be coming with me but i'm i'm excited about the journey and i have a a car that you know it's like when i was in high school i had this 82 volvo that had like a hole in the trunk with a plastic bag hanging out but it would go (laughs) It would I mean, you could get where the, you needed to go. I could get where I needed to go, and so I feel like today I'm 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 getting where I needed to go, and uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about cleaning for clarity and poetry. Yeah, yeah, the cleaning for clarity on all of the clearing. I like I'm feeling a lot of that. Uh, just excess weight being sloughed off, just like a nice scrub, nice salt scrub. I might even do a little bit of that later, a nice salt scrub. But also like this clearing out the slog, especially the stuff that gets really, that, that bogs me down or that accumulates. I think it's the accumulation of stuff, like at the, in the basement, you know, in the crawl space, in the foundation. And it's almost like, okay, well, here's all the tools. So this is one way I was thinking about it earlier is, you know, the basement fills up with just a bunch of debris. Like, I don't know, let's say the sewer backs up. Let's say it's really, truly shitty. And, (laughs) and like, it's, you know, it's like waste deep, which, you know, waste, let's say it's like your waist deep. Oh, so, <laughs> so it's, like, it's four, like four feet It's tall. like four feet, right? It's like four feet. And so you open the basement door and you're like, oh, crap. Ha, ha, ha. Literally, oh, crap. And you have the tools to clean it up, but they're in the slog. And so your shop vac is down there in the basement with all of the slog and even if you can extract the shop back you still have to plug it into the wall which is in the middle of all of the crap and so sometimes even with having the best tools in this way doesn't mean that we're going to be able to use them like have full access like sometimes you just have to literally grab a shovel and just do the manual work of digging yourself out so that you know you can use 
the other tools that are just like in the muck of it all. It doesn't always like I get like as a Virgo sometimes I really get agitated when I know I know that I have like oh this perfect tool for like the most elegant solution or the most elegant cleanup job but I actually can't access it. The mess is the mess is thwarting this visionary plan. <laughs> I, I do <laughs> because you know that's what makes the divine laugh most. And part I understand part of my role is to bring humor not just to the human realm but also to the divine. So you're welcome, gods and goddesses. <laughs> Here's my plan. <laughs> that's right to clean up this mess. Jesus is high-fiving Buddha. Do you ever have dreams as a Virgo, as a fellow Virgo? Do you ever have dreams? Do you ever have cleaning dreams? Where, like, there's a mess and you clean it up so beautifully? <laughs> you know, I I haven't. And I think it's kind of surprising because, as you know, and I'm not sure if the listeners know, I love – well, I talked about it in the podcast today, so they will know moving okay. forward that I, I love cleaning and I clean before I do the podcast every week. I clean my house for about an hour before I start recording because it really, it helps me kind of ground in the space. It helps me kind of yeah. clear out my uh, creative brain. Um, if they're mess, it's, I, I'm less distractible if the house is clean when I'm speaking into a microphone. Um, yeah. but I've never had, I've never had a cleaning dream and for as much as I dream and as vividly as I dream, that's really surprising. Right. Have, have you? Yeah. I have had cleaning dreams and, um, they can be rather orgasmic. <laughs> Ooh, please, I think out. one, <laughs> well, I can't reveal all of my all of my dreams and visions and secrets, but um, I think that there's something deeply pleasing around vacuuming because, I mean, face it, it is instant gratification that oh, yeah. in no way has, as far as I can tell, doesn't have any unintended negative consequences of that instant gratification. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, you can't say that about everything with instant gratification, but like, I mean, there may be a scenario that I'm not imagining, but. Um, yeah, I can only really think of one or two, and it's it's usually around, I, I dread the edge of my altar cloth being caught in a vacuum and being just ripped mm -hmm. off like a bad 20s comedy show. And then for some reason, I, I'm full of terror and panic if one of the corners from my uh, my sheets in the bedroom, if that gets caught, I'm just like, I mean, it, I react as quickly as if the house is on fire. Right. Well, and the smell that the vacuum makes, too, when something gets caught, it's kind of like burned flesh so i yeah. i get it it's not a pleasant it's not a, a pretty low experience. risk low risk casualties though as far as instant gratification goes that's right and it is those things are foreseeable 
as long as you're paying attention. And this is where um, the true art, I think, of cleaning for clarity comes is about really bringing the full presence so that it's, it's um, this is when I feel myself unifying this this practical matter or what could be considered a mundane task in the practical physical sphere with also the the spiritual aspect of it which i mean everything in the physical sphere has a spiritual root and everything in the physical realm anything physical is also spiritual and anything spiritual oftentimes we'll have some sort of manifestation in the physical realm. These things are not separate. Not naturally separate. <laughs> Can you give an example of each? Of those? An example of each. Um, of physical. The physical being spiritual. So you mentioned vacuuming or cleaning for clarity. So that would be like would that be like a contemplative practice? Would that be yeah, like it's something it's like uh Yeah, it's something that I bring my full awareness to with my breath and with um an openness and also it's a way for me to bless my space Ooh. and to to embody not just say it, not like, oh, I'm grateful for this space, which is also important, but to also put that into an embodied practice. So it's a way for me to embody my gratitude for the resource of home or the resource of these objects and the energy that they carry, as well as bringing my presence and awareness and actually making physical contact with those objects. Um, to infuse them with that exchange as everything is carrying some sort of of frequency and so this is you know this is a way for me to exchange energy almost like breathing and co-regulating with my house well i like that co-regulating with your house yeah because everything <laughs> you have every, you have everything for a reason whether it's an emotional tie a practical tie that has mm -hmm. emotional you know, like a pair of scissors that you love, hate, because they're a little bit dull. That's right. So I'm looking at some now that are just just that. And then I have some on the other side of the room where I know I know that those are still sharp. And yet I still have both in the space. So, so sometimes I actually do want to use the dull scissors because they're great for, like, puncturing like tape or whatever on a on a package. I don't want to use my sharp scissors for that. Anyway, um, yes, everything everything in the space that like whether it's office or a home like, has been brought there or sought there or even if it's a, like an inherited space, um, you know, if it's there, it's there's a reason there's a there's a reason for it and if it's there and i don't want it then that's an invitation for me to release that energy and to create more space either for the absence of things no thingness or for some sort of functional replacement or even just something that brings me more joy 
which is like a whole other topic too of like the art of belief and really um, doing that in a eco-conscious and sustainable way. Yeah, we could we could do a whole conversation on just that's that. a whole other conversation. The, the Marie Kondo. Yeah, exactly, and, and and all of that. But you know that can be very orgasmic too, because like release is, I mean, that's the essence of an orgasm too. Is like giving over, giving, giving birth, releasing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you introduced me to a lot of these concepts that I kind of now in my daily life, uh, I wouldn't say I take them for granted, but now they've, they've become, they've moved in for me, these things I do, the, the, the concept of cleaning for clarity and shifting my attention from what I previous, previously may have thought is mundane or even, you know, a lot of people... I was talking with someone tonight about cleaning and uh you know she I think we have a tendency to pathologize ourselves around it, you know? Like people will say they're O C D or right. Maybe or a little messy. bit more messy or, or I'm, I'm disorganized. Just the way I am or I'm just a Libra or what I, you know. And it, it becomes this kind of personality trait instead of like a practice that we can kind of engage with and turn our attention towards. And, you know, when you were talking a minute ago, I was thinking of like a younger version of me. Um, you know, I'd watch, you know, growing up in the Midwest, I didn't have a lot of cultural exposure. And I may have seen like a National Geographic video or something of someone in India sweeping their stoop with, a, you know, a collection of, of a homemade broom and I always mm-hmm. I, when I was younger I was like why would why why would they just sweep the dirt the dirt's just it's there it's going to come back and <laughs> as I've incorporated this practice like the cleansing and the clearing has made way more sense you know you get rid of move the air you get rid of some stagnation and so I think you introduced that intentionality to me in the concept of cleaning for clarity and cleaning as a spiritual practice so yeah were you born with well, that? Did you just wow. come out of the gate? Did you just did you just come out of the gate and have <laughs> orgasmic dreams about cleaning and this just came to you in some divine? Well, I think let me you know, when I was a kid, I really I really delighted in setting intentional space. I did not use that language when I'm when I was like five or six or seven years old, but like I yeah, what does, that, what does always, that mean? How would you describe that? What does that mean to you, setting intentional space? Well, like as a child, I like it was part of my play to clear a space and wash it down and then like set my toys up or, um, you know, if I was going to have friends over for like a tea party, I really loved setting the space up to hold that activity and to welcome people into that that space to really infuse it with the intention that I'm it's again it's like holding a conversation with the space itself and innervating the space with 
um, an invitation and not just taking granted, taking for granted, oh, well, I want to do this thing. So, of course, there's this space for me to do it. Like, really inviting the space to become a part of this. And as I, so, I mean, I, that was just part of my play. It didn't, it didn't feel like something that got in the way of doing the thing that I wanted to do. It was a part of the process of unfolding an experience, whether it was just for myself in, you know, playing, you know, after school in the backyard or on the back porch, I love to set the back porch up like a little school for stuffed animals, or if it was for, you know, friends to come over and engage with play or some activity. But then as I grew up, um, I found this practice, I found an application for this practice also in performance and theater, because it's, it's all about cultivating a space and holding an intention or a vision of allowing something to un unfold in that space, to invite the audience into an experience and to make them feel welcome, to help them facilitate a sense of, of belonging and welcoming, welcoming them into an experience works so much better when there's like a clear place to put coats and when the seats are arranged and these, these cues. And I think in some ways these conventions that we've co-created as humans that signal that invitation to come in and join this conversation or this experience unfolding. And so I loved being really attuned to cultivating that space in theater or even then in site-specific performance of how do we infuse this space that it is not actually a theater in the conventional sense with that invitational identity for an audience to be a part of this experience. So I became more um, more interested in really integrating the audience and really focusing on not trying to manufacture something that they must uh, walk away with, but creating an invitation for them to have their own conversation with and for and about the space as well as the other bodies that were moving. Because like Colby, we're all just shapes moving through space. <laughs> and so so like that can feel really fucking amazing sometimes. And sometimes if you think about it, it's like, well, this is terrifying. So holding intentional space is also a way to help people anchor and experience. And for me, in my home space, this has always been so important. I really relate to my home space as a sanctuary. Mm. And so um, in, in doing so, I infuse it with the qualities, the colors, the attributes, the aromas, like the full sensory experience of what um, allows me to really feel calm and I'm going to even say um, prayerful, but I'm going to say sometimes my prayers sound more like, God damn it, why is this, you know, like 
<laughs> that, that it's a it's a sanctuary in which everything that is true arises and I think that's what I center is like a space where you know where I'm living and my family and anyone who comes through the door you can really just drop in and be and feel this like invitation around authenticity and even sometimes like the discomfort that arises in being like just amazing messy human beings so I love um, exchanging energy with my space and creating these uh, containers of conversation and intentionality that really facilitates, I think, this um, a deeper conversation to unfold. Yeah, so, yeah every time I guess the short answer is I've always kind of been like this. <laughs> every time I, I loved vacuuming as a kid. <laughs> that is incredible. Like I I don't know, I'm having so many thoughts. I mean, every time you talk about space or your relationship with space and I've known you for a while now and I've been in your home and I it's like a curated museum and it's, you know, the coffee cups and everything. You're like, wow, this is really, really a nice experience being in this house. <laughs> like, this is incredible. And well, I hope it's welcome. like a museum that you can touch things, like totally. an interactive can, museum. <laughs> yes, yeah, like grab this guitar, read this book, drink this coffee, have this wine, eat these strawberries. Um, I just freshly picked them. Um, and I, I just think it's interesting because I, I don't, I think it, you have a very unique perspective and I, I just thinking about my spaces over the course of my life, it wasn't until I met you that I kind of started to notice or have, gain an awareness about what my space was saying, like the conversation I was having with my space or kind of how it reflected me. You know, I'm thinking uh, about the last time I lived alone and it was, I very much lived in, it was like an imaginarium menagerie. Like you couldn't find an empty two inches on the walls or a horizontal mm. surface. And it was kind of like this collection of all my fancies. Um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't buy something and not put it on the wall or find a space for it. And now in this most recent place that I moved into, there's much more space. It feels much more grounded and calm and a little bit less frenetic. Um, and I love, I love the awareness of the, I love what you just said about like having a conversation with the space and like having it being inviting. I remember what it, I learned this from a professor, a classic lit professor. We were reading Aeschylus and he was kind mm -hmm. of breaking down the, the prevail, the, prevalent mentality at the time which was you invited everybody into your home because you had no clue who was a deity you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know and your home needed to be ready you needed to have food ready in case zeus stopped by and wanted to seduce your cousin and like if Hera came over and was going to drop some wisdom on you or whoever and it, it 
it really kind of opened my mind and my heart to this concept of like hospitality and warm and inviting spaces. Um, you know, cause I grew up in the country and it was like, you don't let anybody into your house in the Midwest, you know, it's like, you, you've got your like grandma's hidden trinkets in the living room and there's a room that nobody can touch anything in. Cause it's just basically like a large ancestral altar that just moves from home to home and state to state. Um, yeah. So what do you think, what do you think your space says about you now? What does this space say about me? Now? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you hear a child yelling in the background because that is what's happening in my home space right now. <laughs> <laughs> there, Violet is uh, Violet's kicking up. Um, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, that's right. Do you need to tend to the child? No, she's. Um, no, Dan's tending to her right now. So. Oh, perfect. Um, I would say that my space says that. I don't. Know, that's a. That's a, This is like. This is a tough question. This is a fun one to answer. I mean, just first thought, best thought. I like tending to things. I have lots of plants. I care about life. I like. I think it says that I'm nurturing. Um, I think it also says, what does it say? I've got a, I've got a taste for, uh, ironic art. <laughs> <I like irony. laughs> um, and I think it, I think it says that I'm grounded. Like I live on the fourth floor, but it was really important to me to have a place that felt grounded. So I have a, an earth toned rug that I chose specifically. I have a lot of space to sit and stretch and be, um, I think it says that I'm awesome. I don't know. That's what it's telling me right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, I mean, it says that I gave up on, I mean, I, just a personal note, I gave up on having a huge library that made me feel guilty for not reading half of the books that I owned. Yeah. Um, that, could be part of, that could be part of the clearing podcast, but uh, I think it says that I'm clean. I've got a mm-hmm. a creative space that feels very alive, a desk that feels like it's alive, and, you know, the remnants of previous projects, the day's projects are still out there, so... Yeah, that feels really intimate, right? Like our homes are intimate spaces. Very much. I think so. I mean, I I hear you use the word alive a lot in your description of the space and um, all of your plant babies, too. That, that That conjures for me this sense, this quality of um, breath of really being in that cycle of the inhale and the exhale and um and which brings us back to how we open this conversation i'm like i i did take a nice deep breath this morning and realized i'm here breathing again and um 
Yeah, I hear that in you and in your description of how you think the space or what the space says about you right now is that you're you're here, you're alive, and you're you're all in. You're fully in. I'm all in. Tending. I'm all into this, Tending this project to... called Colby. <laughs> That's right. I hear an earth school today. Um, <laughs> yeah. Beaming in live and living and breathing from earth school. So. So yeah, it says I'm alive, and I maybe that's a decent place to segue to the topic of of your poem and things that we may assume to be dead, but maybe are very much full of life. You wrote a poem that I think you're going to share. You're still willing. I am willing. And able. And able. Thank the goddess. Let me know when you're ready for me to. Um, you can this. you can read this whenever you want. If you want to set it up, okay. if you just want to cold call it, you can do a song on the oh, way yeah. in. <laughs> well, this is <laughs> this piece is uh, is from a larger collection that I'm in the process of writing called Cleaning for Clarity. And it's actually an idea that I first, this phrase cleaning for clarity kind of came through the channels as a joke, probably like 20 years ago. I was living in Indianapolis at the time and I had a housemate and I was like probably every housemate that I've ever lived with would attest like, yeah, I am a great housemate in terms of <laughs> keeping the place clean. And and it's something that I've actually, I actually do enjoy cleaning. Not always. I don't necessarily like cleaning under duress, but I, I like, I like to keep it on this like flywheel. So this could be another podcast entirely, just um, deep cleaning. Yeah, I mean, the shit, a shitty ba- basement full of shit is a basement full of shit. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, it just, it came up during this time and um, it was like a joke, but it's a joke that kind of stayed somewhat on the back burner for a while. And then um, I'm not exactly sure how it came onto the front burner probably it started boiling over in some way and asking for attention and so um this this piece that i'm going to read is called dusting for destiny and i think it really speaks to speaks to the process and the invitation of clearing out the past isn't that what dust is? Isn't that what dust represents? Dust doesn't doesn't just come about in the present. It's a collection and an accumulation of living over days, weeks, months, years in some in some aspects. So I think I'll just set it up in that way of um dusting for destiny. This is not going to work if you hold your breath 
To meet your destiny, you must breathe every step of the way. Take that big inhale as the first step to open and let in some fresh air to that cluttered room in your mind. Even if it's winter and the polar winds are flapping against the shingles that need mending in the spring, the chapter Spring Clean for Salvation, open up a window. Delight in rubbing your finger across the crusted sill to see exactly what you are up against. Exhale like you are blowing dust off your writing desk that hasn't seen the action of your pen since stamps were 32 cents. Shimmy your hips in circles to start the flow even before you rinse off that raggedy dusting cloth. If what you have in your hand is an old sports sack full of threadbare holes, return to the beginning and go get yourself a fresh wholesome cloth. Now is the time to break the cellophane on that package of trendy pattern cleaning supplies you've kept when special company comes. No one is coming. Offer up your hands to this cloth as if it is woven of gold and baked in the kiln of the gods that inhabit Vesuvius. Make sure this cloth is light enough that you can see the gunk you are collecting with your effort. It is a pleasure akin to peeling skin-shaped glue off your fingers. Survey the room. Notice the jumbles and piles. And remember when they were short stacks just waiting for the buttery syrup of your fingers to move them to a safe location, away from the bleaching strength of unchecked sunlight and the detritus of carpet pile, dander, and dead ends. In the interest of time, place these papers in a box to sift through within two days or burn them in your garden and compost the ash of all of your untouched trajectories underneath the tomatoes. Now, at last, a flat surface comes into view, clear of bits and bobs, disappointments and distractions. Appreciate the dust that has collected in the interim spaces. Remember that bottle of rose water you've been hanging on to in the back cabinet under the sink in case you need a nice but not too personal last-minute gift? Now is the time to give yourself the full-bloom experience of the past forward. Spritz your pitch and then spray your dusting cloth liberally. Move in circular flow with the grain of the wood in ever contracting and expanding spirals. Listen. Breathe. Open the internal eye to reveal what is in the clear space, the sweet spot, the eye of the dust storm. That was absolutely incredible. Thank you. <laughs> I'm never going to think about my fingers sifting through piles of mail as anything but syrupy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is the PG version, apparently. I, I um, There's another version with a few more expletives thrown in there, but... Um, Okay, we gotta go slow. We can't yeah. we can't we can't just throw the audience into the deep end of uh you know, cleaning porn. 
<laughs> this is foreplay. Let's go slow. Let's go slow and go bring them on for the. This is the this is the long ride. <laughs> I don't want to blow my dusting rod all in one sitting. Not no, we can't do that. It's amazing no. how many people hate dusting. I did a little research, and dusting I think might be one of the most neglected tasks in cleaning. I know for me, dusting kind of falls by the wayside just because my eye overlooks those those little nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think that's about? Like, why do you think dusting is is such a like uh, is not a favorite activity? I think it's because people really think, I, I mean, I I think there's a myth that it's primarily just dead skin. You know, I think that's part mm-hmm. of what it, what lives in the dust world. Um, maybe it's a relationship with death. With death. Um, you know, before this poem, the only poem that I've ever heard about dust is uh, was written by the legendary band named Kansas. But to be fair, they were not really talking about in the home. (laughs) No, they were they were talking about, you know, the 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 fleeting nature of human existence, you know, my tear is a drop in the sea. Um maybe dusting reminds us of our own mortality. Um Maybe it's, you know, I, I appreciate this poem because it was so sensual and it makes it seem like a sensual, t- you know, it it, it it removes the veils standing in between the, the truth and the fiction that dusting isn't a sensual act. Um, mm. What else do yeah. I got? Well, Go ahead. I can tell you, I can tell you one of the reasons that I sometimes resist dusting because it's it's not necessarily of all of the cleaning expressions and activities it's not necessarily one of my favorite though the results are always very I always really appreciate my efforts and I think what I can identify is that I I sometimes have a lot of resistance around moving the shape in my space like because it requires like picking things up and like I sometimes I don't want to make contact with all of those things all of those tchotchkes and picture frames and stones that I got sometimes I actually don't want to come into contact with my past in that way I think that Mm -hmm. this is really like on a deeper level of like it's not necessarily the instant gratification of my vacuum cleaner by this extension. Like I actually do have to physically lift things up and maneuver around it. And that all of these things, it's a reminder on some level that all of these things have come on my journey. And sometimes I just, I don't want to, engage with the past in that way. 
That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Dusting does require you to move more shit than any other task of cleaning. Yeah. Um, you know, counters are made smooth so you can kind of slide and shove and push. But dusting, mm-hmm. you really do have to kind of like pick it up, place it on another surface, clear the surface, wipe the surface, smear the dirt mm-hmm. around, clean the rag, wipe the surface again, spray your pits, shimmy your hips. That's right. Like, well, if you can turn it into a dance, oh, that for me is like, as soon as I can translate whatever I'm doing into some sort of like sensual movement choreography dance, then it's like, all right, I'm in, I'm in now. And I think that's why I, I invoke, you know, I, I joke and invoke this like bottle of rose water. Cause it's like, what are, what am I saving that for? Why don't I just dust with rose water? Like why not make it a really sensual experience? for myself and and for my space like why not make it really delightful why not use the cloth that I really love like why would I want to walk around with this like raggedy old cloth like does that bring me delight and pleasure does that make this task any more enjoyable does that help me feel more prayerful does that delight me as also an expression of divine consciousness, does that delight the the deity that lives within me? No, it doesn't. So, <laughs> so fuck I'm it. Only thinking That's of, I'm only, I can version. only think of a couple of deities that would like a raggedy old sock. <laughs> you would need really chaotic death metal playing while while you were dusting with them. Um, yeah. It, I, I, Anything that you can kind of, it's like, you know, having, I think so often, and especially in this country, we're raised to see so many things kind of through mundane lenses, you know, like whether it's dusting or vacuuming or most, you know, you say the word chore and everybody in the room's heart kind of drops, you know, it's like you can, you want to hush a crowd to to say the word chore. And I think right. that like these, this reframe of like the infusing it, everything is a spiritual practice. If you're present for it and mindful, this is all of the material and spiritual are woven together in the physical and spiritual and mystic and having like you're having a good reframe. And when I was, I was, I did a little prep getting ready for this poem. And so I, I did some research on, on the the world of of dust mites, right? The inhabitants oh, yeah. of these spaces, because um, they are they. In the video I was watching, they called them these realms, the realms of dust. And it wasn't it wasn't trying to be mystical. This was a science TED talk. Um, I forget I forget how you pronounce it Dermafatugius ferrani or something that's a dust mite and so they live in this these worlds and it's we, we think it's dead skin but it's not it's it's particulates it's pet dander it's hair it's tiny pieces of plastic and a reframe that like when I was watching this video I was like if you would have told me this piece about dusting I would do it all the fucking time and it was that <laughs> 
I was like, if, if you would have just told me this one scientific fact, because it just makes it, it, it put for me, it, it's like your poem. It infuses the, it, it infused me with wonder and delight and sensual mm. pleasure. And it was that ten, tens of thousands of cosmic space dust falls to earth every year. And so when you're dusting, you are cleaning up the remnants of stars. Yes. Like you could be dusting like some of Shakespeare's dead skin cells or like I mean at this point like we're we're also recycling what has been, what is now, what what comes to us from the cosmos. Like oh my gosh, if I made t-shirts that was like that said uh, cosmic cleaning crew, wouldn't that want you to be more involved with like, <laughs> oh my like God. you knew you can handle you that cleaning the up. Clean up your neighborhood. That's right. I clean astro dust for a living. Um, yeah, but like that, I think really is, this is a glimpse into a bigger view, I think of what, we or what I at least feel called to do in the times in which we are alive, which seems to point toward this great cosmic invitation to be more present, use the gifts that we have in our embodied form to maneuver shapes in space with intention and with care and to participate more fully in this like cosmic clearing that is asking for us to be present for and to midwife and birth in the ways that we can. So, I mean, like, yes, there's a very practical element of like, well, my my space is cleaner and maybe the air quality that I'm breathing is more clear and maybe that gives me greater access to um, mental capacity since air corresponds, there is a correspondence to the mental body and that fresh perspective and the dawning, the rising of the sun and the creatures that fly and this is some of the aspect of air that gives us the ability to see and recognize more clearly the perspectives, where they're being held, and how we're holding the conversation with ourselves, first and foremost. Yeah, There's a shadow side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you were talking about <clears throat> the basement and all of your favorite tools being muddied by the slog and going down, I mean, I think one thing that has become very apparent and you and I've talked about this and I've talked about it on the podcast is that after COVID we all had waist high sewer league and we realized like how much slog had backed up, whether it was social justice, whether it was stuff that we'd inherited from our family when we finally had time alone to think about it, whether it was our relationships and that time inside 
kind of really, you know, on a, a physical level and a, um, you know, mystic, emotional, spiritual, emotional level kind of revealed how many cluttered closets you had or I remember watching Dane Berman did a really cool comedy special during the pandemic where it was just him recording this musical inside of his apartment while he was on lockdown and seeing Mm. the shifts of like his space over the course of a year, like while he's recording and then he would set up a whole scene and have a whole video and you wouldn't see any of the mess. And then you'd see, you know, he was really candid about his depression and you would see the piles and like, you know, trying to write a song in a room full of clutter. And it really, when you're talking about the basement earlier, I think that it gave us the time to see how much backlog, how many, you know, how many special stones, how many, you know, shameful boxes full of books we'll never read that we own. (laughs) Yeah. There's probably a a beautiful word for that in, in the Japanese language or a a compound word in the German language for that, that phenomenon that we, we all can touch into. Um, well, you know, what I love about, I haven't seen it, but I, I would, I think I would really enjoy it. Like really seeing, and this is, um, this is partly like what I love to do with performance as a director is I don't necessarily like to hide things from the audience. I like it to be transparent of like, you know, yeah, there's actually somebody bringing this. Here's the transition. I'm not, I'm not playing into the illusion or the conceit that these things are just magically happening. I like to see the actual, I like to see the mess. And I think that is maybe one disservice of some of these like home improvement shows that uh, you just, you see the before and the after and like they fast forward through like how many people are actually involved to transform a space in seven days. Like, um, and it, it kind of feeds into this, this, what I think could be a shadow side of being focused only on the presentation and not on Mm. the process. It really misses the authenticity and the conversation because, and I think it can, it contributes toward the sense of um, that we can only show something once we can tie it up with a bow. And that I think is a great disservice to the art and nature of being fully human and fully divine, having these embodied experiences. So this is what I mean, I think, when I say that, you know, there's a shadow. Like any like any tool, there's a useful application and useless ap- application. And like with anything that can uh, illuminate or radiate a lot of light, but there, there is a shadow side to it. And I think that, you know, when when the cleaning and I can speak to my own experience in this, there was a time where I used cleaning as a tool to hide, to hide behind the presentational quality and to hide the, the, just the messy turmoil that I felt 
on the inside. And it was mm. also, it can also be used, or I have used cleaning um, in a way to numb myself from the feelings of like a loss of, a loss of structure or a loss, a sense of like helplessness. And that cleaning was like a way for me to channel my anxiety around um, around that and also to exert control over my environment. And when I was cleaning from that mindset, from that belief system, that it was very much about appearances. I have to make it look like, I need to make it look like it wasn't coming it didn't feel like a prayer. Mm. It felt like a plea for help, actually. And so there is, I think, a really important energetic difference of, um, and it's a really important calibration, too, of not saying, oh, like, I'm not saying, oh, we need these spotless environments. AKA like pissies, housewives or whatever, like making like things spotless as if no one lives here. I'm saying this is when we, we um, it's an invitation to become mindful and prayerful and authentic in mm. the way of this expression, which leaves room for dust, even in the dusting, even in the clearing, even in the polishing and um, the sensuality of making contact with the space is not to sterilize it, but to really infuse it with authentic expression, which sometimes is messy. So I guess that's the paradox, you know, like anything true, I think there's an ability to hold that paradox of like, there's cleaning, there's clarity, and there's also the space for mess and process and muck, and it's all, it's all a spiral. It's all in this continuum together. So um, that's what I would ask about like, the I think it speaks to like that the motive. What's the motivation behind the action? And that's like another way of pointing toward this how this integration of the practical with the spiritual. That something on the surface could look a certain way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was infused with um with a full embodied presence. And also I could be doing something spiritual, but like if I'm not, I could be in something that's contextualized as a spiritual activity, but if I'm holding my breath or I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually checked out, like I could be going through the motions, but I'm, if I'm not, connect if I'm not in like actually connecting the channels then it's kind of like I could be carrying around the plug to my vacuum cleaner 
but that doesn't mean (laughs) it's actually actually in service. I'm not, if I'm not making contact and plugging it in, or if I'm plugging it in and vacuuming out of fear, or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I do. I find a sterile space and how sometimes it's like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, or being in a house that you're afraid of messing up because right. Like the, you know, I mean, I can think of a million iterations of that shadow of like, you know, don't mess this room up. This room needs to be perfect. You know, masking a a fear of, you know, the uncertainty of life or, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to, you know, I got this rug. It's gorgeous. But I let my dog and my neighbor's dog play on it here and there. And I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, let's probably make this carpet wear out sooner. But I was like, this carpet's going to wear out whenever it wears out. And I, you know, the joy of watching these two dogs play for a little bit is worth it to me. And, you know, there's a, I really like that you pointed out that shadow side because it can mask a fear of uncertainty. It can uh kind of numb against anxiety and that being mm-hmm. said you know not to demonize that it can be a really useful tool if if the world feels totally out of control yeah go clean something you know right? it can help re-regulate you not you know it's not it's not the shadow isn't always pathological or like you know the the paradox of it isn't always but the the invitation to be mindful about how and why you're doing it and then I think reframing it because, like, you know, I, I don't want anything to feel like a chore. You know, right. if something feels like a chore, <laughs> I don't want to be doing it. You know, I mean, that's why there's a deep psychological stigma around that word for so many of us, you know. And at some point, you know, whether it's because I'm dancing to Shakira while I'm, you know, cleaning the kitchen or reorganizing the cabinets or wiping down the kitchen table. Like for me, I think the the biggest piece that has brought me joy about what I've learned from you and incorporating mindfulness into household tasks is that, you know, everything becomes a little bit richer, you know, vacuuming can be a, as rich an experience as eating a, a chocolate cake if, if you're there for it. Yeah. I mean, how um, cool is it? Like, when you think about the mechanics of it and how absurd is it? You know, like, I I do think that some of that, it's around what, what you center, too. Like, I hear you centering joy um, as opposed to freezing the snapshot of time in this, like, perfect new rug kind of way. That, like, in that, you are choosing to center the joy in in feeling that energy and motion that you experience by watching your dog and your neighbor's dog roll over and yeah, maybe the rug gets dirty, you know? So it's like those rooms that you're not, you, the, the rooms that we know from kids or whatever, it's like, don't go in there. It has to look a certain way. It's It's almost like, why... I guess the question I have is like, why are you freezing time in that way? Ooh, good is question. It, 
is it the fear of the unknown of what might come ahead is it the fear around letting something go that may have already been lost um and and you know just that process takes the time that it takes like there's there's not i think it's it's not about making a commentary around it or a judgment around it but like the curiosity of like when i notice like why am I so resistant to rearranging the book from the shelf or, you know, like, take that plastic off the sofa or, you know, like, it's the sofa, you know, like, they make them so you can clean them now. A lot of them are spot treatment. But, like, where is that resistance coming from? When I can get curious about it, I oftentimes see into my own attachments and fears around mortality. The root of it all and the, and the passage of in the passage of time that thing that may or may not mm -hmm. actually exist in linear fashion but does not yeah. exist in the linear fashion as far as i can tell yeah it all goes yeah. back to the, those root fears the big one the fear of no thingness the fear of death the fear of things being out of our control and mm -hmm the recognition that I am I am actually just a piece of after death. So if I dust this ledge, am I wiping myself clear too? <laughs> How liberating and terrifying. Absolutely. And if nothing else, just the sheer joy of the absurdity of it all, you know, thinking that I knew something about why somebody was sweeping the outside steps when leaves were just going to go blow back. And, um, you know, now thinking about, oh, no, you're clearing a path into your home for people. That's welcoming. That's inviting. And just, uh, yeah, an invitation yeah. to be more mindful about why we're doing what we're doing. And just be present. I mean, not that the only thing we have is, this time here, you know, I want to I want to watch the whole movie. I don't want to be checked out for part of it. I don't want to be thinking about shit I'm worried about while I'm cleaning my kitchen. Right. Or like you come back in, you're like, oh wait, what did I miss? Um. Yeah, I hear that. Just being present for the the whole the fullness of of the experience. And you know what I find often when I'm fully present in the cleaning it doesn't mean that i'm like narrating every articulation of my hand it's, it's not that but like when i'm really engrossed in the task is when i oftentimes will get big insights or downloads when i wasn't even looking for them or grasping after them that's when they arise yeah, they just arise them... naturally yeah the mind has some time to rest i like that you made that distinction so I think so often and I don't know if other people listening to this have this experience too but when I, I read a poet's you know I, I read some poetry right if I read this and I didn't know you I would imagine that you were going around having these experiences all the time that nothing in your life wasn't touched by syrupy <laughs> fingers and rose petaled water and like and then I would go to clean and I'm like 
Nope, we're just scrubbing the scrubbing the toilet. Nope, it's just me. Just scrubbing the, the toilet, toilet today. Just trying not to trying not to let it touch trying not to let it touch my shirt. Don't get the rag on your shirt. You're scrubbing the toilet. <laughs> I'm like That's man. right. And oh definitely, you know, it's there really is a lot of skill to scrub the toilet because it's you, you gotta get it the the brush around the rim in a way that doesn't get the bristles to like spray toilet cleaner back up into your eyes. Like it is it's probably an Olympic sport that hasn't yet been registered, but like, <laughs> well, I'm looking I, forward to um, <laughs> hearing your, uh, your, your toilet cleaning poem. <laughs> it's, it's definitely forthcoming, you know, like the, the cleaning for clarity that what I'm saying too, like around uh, receiving insights when I'm not actually grasping after the insights is, is like stargazing where if, if I'm looking, if I say I want to see the North Star and I look directly for it, I actually don't see it. Like, we actually need to look a little bit to the side, a little to the left and a little bit to the right. And then the light, the light has a path to enter our field of awareness. Like, we then can see the light of the star, not by looking directly at it, but a little bit. It's to the side. So cleaning and dusting so we can have space to have those insights, to heal things. I love it. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. I mean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I don't know that we've ever talked so much about cleaning before, but I I sure hope that this is great foreplay for whatever you do the rest of this evening. Will be I I cleaned I cleaned my stove and I'm going to really enjoy making popcorn tonight. Oh yeah, you know, get all sensor sensual and sensory with the experience. Yeah, it'll be great. Steam, the smells, the butter. I'm probably gonna get something sweet to drink, so I have a nice balance there. And you have a clean stove. And who knows what else will come through that channel. I have no idea, but now the space is there for it. Um, Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I hope to uh, have you on the podcast again. I'd love to. Let me know if you have a place where you would want to put like an excerpt. Oh yeah. The, do you want, do you want to, where can people? Do you want to plug? Do you want to plug yourself? Where can people find you? I was. I'm planning on. Oh. People will. Have, people will have heard this by this point, but I'm planning on uh, doing a, an adjacent intro of this conversation. Okay. Um, um, and I'm happy well, to. People uh, can find me. And people can find me in the realms, um, in the dust realms, and otherwise on Instagram, on art and channel, A-R-T-A-N-D, channel, art and channel. Also, my website is www.artandchannel.com. I have a forthcoming collection of poetry that will come out in 2023. 
and maybe some others. Um, the Cleaning for Clarity collection, I am in the process of penning that now, and I look forward to finding the, the right medium for that because I, I think that it needs to be interactive. <laughs> I think so. The YouTube series. A whole YouTube series. Um, <laughs> yes. But potentially in 2022, um, Cleaning for Clarity in some sort of interactive medium. And and for sure, at least, oh, my goodness, I could at least start, like, some sort of platform where people send in their, their process-oriented photos, although that could get a little dicey, couldn't it? Anyway. Can <laughs> <laughs> leave that out there. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and talking about moving objects through space, which is part of the gift of having a body. It is. It's it's the dance we're all doing. Well, we Thanks. both love dancing. I know that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. Well, until next time. Until next time. I hear a giggling you. baby in the hallway, so I'm going to go dance out there. <laughs> okay. Have fun with the baby, and we'll talk soon. All right. I love you. Bye. Love you, too. Bye. Bye now.